It's another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy Animal Brown, the retired vegetarian, a.k.a. Andre Drumstick, a.k.a. Don Lemon Pepper. Don Lemon Pepper. <laughs> you got to stick to one of those. The, the Andre Drumstick just completely stepped on the Don Lemon Pepper because that's fire. Right? Those are both fire. <laughs> in separate uses, maybe. Together on top of each other, pause. They're not good. <clears throat> What's up, man? This is the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou on all your favorite social media sites. Well, just Twitter and Instagram, really. Where Absolutely, man. Follow your boy Animal underscore Brown on Twitter and Instagram and Snap. Uh, man, episode three forty eight. Man, moving right along, man. What we got? Yeah, we're building it up, man. Before we get into it, how's your quarantine going? You know, we got to give people a weekly update. They ain't seen our faces, so give for sure. Them an update. Nah, quarantine cool, man. Uh, we were just talking. Uh, before oh, we started, my. I was going. I asked when will you feel 100% comfortable to go to a sit-down restaurant. Mm. <laughs> you said and September. I told you, in September, and that's and that's like, eh. yeah. And, and and both of us agreed. It ain't really like I'm not in fear of getting it. Not saying that I can't, but right. I, I just don't. I don't. I'm not there for the experience. I ain't here for the post-corona. Everybody in the mask in the restaurant. Yeah, gonna put your pen in a bucket to sign something. Like I'm, I'm good, bro. I, I can it. eat at home. What about you? Yeah, it's probably along them same lines. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. Again, I'm not on some germaphobe, scared to go outside because I'm gonna get sick. I just want to feel comfortable. And going out to eat is about the ambiance. In addition to obviously the food and shit, but like going to a movie or going to a game or going to eat, like that, it, it, it's not going to feel the same. It's, it's some sloth. I'll wait till they get back a little more closer to normal. How, what do you think in your mind? What do you think this going to be? Oh, man. <laughs> you don't got no idea. Nah, it's like, going to be a minute, dude. I think it's going to be at least through 2020, it's going to be this awkward. Uh, half the <clears throat> restaurant sit over here, half sit over here. Everything gonna be weird through at least 2020. Yeah, that's some slow. At least, yeah. I, I, and I, they just had a press conference. We both in Atlanta. They were talking about um, they they, they running everything May 31st, like clubs, everything, bars is back open. Oh wow! They, well, May 30th or whatever. How many days May May has in it? The, the governor was just on TV talking about right. Maybe should have speed up quicker than I thought then, but I'm straight, though. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm definitely cool out there. But as you were saying, episode 348 of the On Deck TV podcast. Again, I am Spike Lewin. On today's show, we're talking about Cameron being in talks with uh, the studio for Paid in Full 2. Double mm. XL debates on the most loyal fan bases out there. And we're going to 
give you a preview as only the On Deck TV podcast can of the upcoming versus battle between Nelly and Ludacris. But first, Ludacris. your man's. And I really have to emphasize your man's in this. Mm. Your man's Takashi drops a new song and video. He allegedly broke the YouTube record with his new song. I, I, I can't, the title escapes me right now because I have not been following it. Uh, Meek Mill, Ramik, spoke out against him coming out and, and garnering all of this attention post-snitching. And Meek vows to destroy Takashi 6 ix 9 Takashi was spotted in this relocation by a fan on Snapchat. All of this stuff swirling around him. What are you taking away from the return of your man, Takashi 6 ix 9 Daniel. Young Daniel, <clears throat> man, listen, um, Takashi did a press conference on IG Live, dropped a video. He took trolling to unprecedented levels over this weekend, dude. He did the IG Live apologizing for snitching, but not really. Um, things kind of pretty much unfolded as I, as I imagined they would. I thought he would do numbers the first day out, and he did. <clears throat> um, he broke that YouTube 24-hour streaming record for a hip-hop artist previously held by Eminem. And then he had 2 million viewers watching his Instagram Live, which was another record. Um, listen, dude, like Meek's personal vendetta, I'm going to focus on that part of it. Meek's personal vendetta, while I understand his perspective, he's saying that what you're doing is you're getting people locked up, and I'm on the other side of that trying to get people out. Like, <clears throat> you're completely making a mockery of, of the culture. And I understand that and actually am on his side in that thought. I just don't think that this is the way to go about getting him, either getting rid of him or lessening his impact. I think the way you do that is by ignoring him and not giving him press and attention. Every time you mention his name, he is going to use that as fuel to put himself in the limelight and be relevant again and give headlines. The second you ignore him or, or don't pay attention to him, then he doesn't get those headlines and the trolling um, stops, basically. You know what I'm saying? Or at least begins to slow down. So uh, that's the most interesting part of an eventful weekend for Takashi 69 to say the least. Yeah. And when you say, uh, when you're talking about me, you're talking about him addressing him. You don't have to do that. Is that what you're saying? I don't think he has to make it his life's mission, apparently, which is what he is all <laughs> to right destroy now. him, to destroy unquote. him. I think that's bringing too much attention to it, although I understand the temptation to do so. Mm. I, listen, I, I think that Meek Mill is too caught up in this destroy thing, similar to what you said. A person like Takashi Six Nine to me is not is, is not a threat to the culture the culture excuse me people are trying to paint this thing as to where he snitched he shouldn't be accepted he's already written his ticket out of the culture when this whole thing came along and he essentially threw his hands up and was like you know what i was just playing i'm done with this i ain't going to jail i'm telling on these niggas like y'all got me fucked up i'm not a part of this to me that's what he said when he snitched and for me i ain't trying to play no super gangster or anything of that nature but from how I was raised, once he threw his hands up and said that there's nothing else that I need to hear from him. I don't need to hear his IG apologize, and I don't need to check in and see if it's entertaining. I don't need to do any of that. And like I said, I'm not portraying to be some Al Capone-type gangster either. Mm -hmm. But Meek, he seems to be cut from a cloth similar. Like a lot of people in the rap game say, well, 
this guy shouldn't be accepted. And my point to all that is, I don't think he is accepted, like you said, if we don't pay attention to it. If Meek Mill is focused on getting people out of jail, then why does Takashi even come across your screen? Like you said, you're adding fuel to this man's file by even speaking on him and making it your life's mission to destroy him. The last time Meek Mill vowed to destroy someone was Drake, and we seen what happened. <laughs> now, I just don't think that Takashi is a big enough threat to the culture, to, to anything other than his fan base and his bubble to go after, to have to destroy. That's on them nine trade niggas or whoever that he was fucking with to get him off the streets. Like, they've already, like, the associations and what he's did, that affected them already. Yeah, it's unfortunate that people got locked up behind him, but everybody know what they signed up for when they get in this shit. They signed up for it and they got involved with a rat. They ended up in jail. It ain't Meek Mill's job to defend that. It ain't the streets' job to defend that. The streets are the streets. And ain't nobody coming to save, like, ain't nobody coming to kill George Zimmerman. Ain't nobody coming to get Takase off uh, IG Live because the streets is not an actual thing that's able to allocate and, and, and make you move. So people, I think, are, are totally misconstrued when they say this affects the culture or he should be able to do this. He can do whatever the hell he wants to as long as he's making money in a capitalistic society like America. <clears throat> no, that's true, but but people people take hip-hop seriously, man. So when people infiltrate it, whether that's, you know, what fucking vanilla ice or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, or when people come and make jokes and make parodies of it, man, people are going to start being like, hey, man, what are you doing? I saw a clip, a throwback clip of LL Cool J surfacing over the week when he talked about the Beastie Boys back in the day, when he was like, yo, <clears throat> the Beastie Boys are pulling these antics at their shows, getting the police called and all of that. It's making it harder for artists like me who not doing that shit to perform because now the police look at them as rappers and they look at rappers in that same blanket statement. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that is fucking it up for me. It was a throwback clip probably from the early 90s, late 80s. <clears throat> and I think that stuff like that can apply to this. People, we know what's up, but it's he's not making a mockery of it to us because we already know. He's making a mockery of it to the people who don't know and who look at him and then look at Meek Mill and think that they're doing the same thing or that they're in the same game. That's where the problem comes in. And when you empower someone like a Takashi, who you see where his head is at, he's doing shit only for the money. He's he's selling. He basically sold his soul to be accepted, whether that was with a blue rag or a red rag, however, which way possible, he sold his soul to do what he doing. And people like that, you need to be, you need to be aware of, and you need to be weary of. And the people outside the culture don't separate him from a meek meal. They're going to put Takashi 69 and Jay-Z in the same sentence, bro. Like dead ass, because they're, they're going to think all their rappers, it's the same thing. No, that's a clown show. And people need to know that that's a clown show. This over here is real culture, real rap. This was the, is what needs to get promoted. That nigga right there needs to get discarded. That's what he's trying to, in my opinion, that's what he's trying to say. And that's the point that's important to get across for people outside of the culture to understand. <clears throat> and that's fair. And what I think the culture has to understand and, and what the culture, quote unquote, has to catch up with is how the game is ran now. And when I'm talking about the game, I ain't talking about the streets. I'm talking about rap. Rap is algorithms. Sports has turned into analytics. Everything is algorithms and analytics now. Mm -hmm. Now, to call 
Daniel, a rapper, and put him in the same sentence as Jay-Z is like saying Michael Jordan was a basketball player and so was Kendrick Perkins. Well, in a sense, that's true. That's absolutely true that both of them are basketball players, but people that know basketball know the difference between the two. So when we're talking about the culture, we have to approach it with a knowledge of knowing the difference between the two. And that's my B for my pick, the bone that I have to pick with Meek Mill. He knows the difference between the two because he's on the side of it that's authentic. Yeah, but so the, the people outside that the I culture are the one with, that's cutting the checks, bro. And that's my point. You have to know the difference between the two. I ain't knocking Dakashi being able to get 2 million people on IG. If that's what he's able to do and somebody going to pay him for that, that's great. But Meek Mill ain't got to respond to that and say, oh, you raping the culture, because he's not. He getting a check from somebody that ain't a part of the culture either. How we pay people is with our acceptance, with our attention. And if you start giving him all of this attention, like, for instance, when we're doing our researches for this show, if you Google hip-hop news, just Google that, and you click on hip-hop wire. The first 18 posts on hip-hop wire are all random, but six of them, excuse me, are about Takashi 69. Right. That's 30% of the first post. 30% of the page is dedicated to Takashi because you said that he brings in money. Meek Mill knows that that ain't hip hop, though. He knows the difference between the business at this point and hip hop and the culture. And to muddy the waters and start attacking him and saying, oh, this ain't good for the culture. That confuses people like what you're saying. That's when people start not able to tell the two between a Jay-Z and Takashi because someone like Meek Mill is responding to a Takashi as if he's built up the same clout as a Jay-Z or even someone who is in this culture that has done the things. All he, all Takashi has done is put up numbers. And that's cool if you want to make money, but if you're talking about being a part of this culture, it's something else that comes with it. That's why we're so hard on culture vultures, and that's why... Exactly. And... I don't think that Daniel has ever proven that he came with that other part of it. So for Meek Mill to say, well, hey, man, you're ruining the culture. Like, nah, all he did was got in with some blood niggas. You listen to the podcast. He got in with some blood niggas. He snitched on some niggas. He got out of jail, and now he's back doing what he's doing with the rep that he built off those niggas. Okay. I'm not uh, offended by that. This this, this is a monkey see, monkey do, like, just existence that we have. Okay. There are going to be copycats who think that's how you get on, my nigga. So do you believe, and, and uh, if you're saying that, so you're saying that you believe that Takase is a threat because people will try to emulate what he did. Get cool with a crew, snitch on their crew, and, and now people... like No, no I'm saying just it, it may not end the same way as him. It may end worse, but mm-hmm. they'll do something. They're troll. At the end of the day, it's, it's trolling in, in whatever form or fashion it, it takes on. But it's it ain't trolling the trolling. To get to the top. It's not the trolling that people are mad at him for, though. It's not the trolling. Like you can troll, like you can be a troll. It's it's the snitching that people are claiming that they're so upset about and trying to tie that into the culture. You can troll all you want to. What I mean, I'm saying is, okay. they 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 were hot. They, people weren't really people of a meek meal weren't fucking with him to begin with because they True. knew what it would be. You can see the shuck from see what ten it miles away. And you could see that he had people fooled, specifically kids. That's the mm-hmm. thing. His audience is kids. They they don't know what the shuck is, do <laughs> like they. But see, that's they my don't point. That. They grow up though, and the the more attention you pay to this dude when you're Meek Mill, the more light you put on him and able people to put you in the same class. But he's gonna. These people that are listening to him, they're gonna grow out of him for this simple reason. Like snitching ain't just a, like a black hip hop thing. 
like that's universal. Like all kids are raised not to be tattletales and, and you're supposed to do something about them. Like that's the whole thing by the Karens and that word being offensive now. Like snitching, <laughs> snitching ain't cool wherever you are. So that will catch up to him once those people that are listening to him now and think that he's a rebel and he's a renegade and they listen to him because he's different, they're going to grow up and they're going to see the snitching ain't cool either. So it ain't just a hip hop thing. Also, too, is why I think that Meek Mill taking that stance is, is weird. Like, you focused on the wrong thing. Like, Takashi had a good point. If I dare say, like, bro, you just had a baby. Why are you worried about me? That's a troll. That's not a point. That's a troll. That's a point, though. The thing <laughs> about a, a good troll, the thing about a good troll, if people think about it, they're like, well, I mean, nigga do got a point. As no. much as I hate the nigga, he does have a point. I got a brand new baby on Meek Mill. I'm working on prison reform. I got all this stuff going on. I got billionaire numbers in my phone. I can call and get shit off my chest. If I got a real beef with and wanting to change some shit, I can have conversations with important people. Why am I talking to Takashi? If I have the option to talk to Jay-Z and Bob Kraft, and I don't even know the owner of the Sixers name, but those persons' numbers are even in my phone, and I can text them. I don't even have a reason to acknowledge that Takashi exists because it ain't safe in the culture. But before we move on, I I thought it was interesting that he ended up getting made, so to speak, at his damn hideaway. The nigga was out on on the balcony of his hideaway in Long Island taking pictures in a bright rainbow colored jogging suit with his hair. The neighbor behind him noticed him, put it on social media, Niggas driving down the street noticed them, put the address on social media. The, the fucking police had to come in and get them out and relocate them again. And they're probably going to be like, man, if you don't sit the fuck down, dude, because he still think it's a game. And maybe it is. We'll see. We will see if it's still a and game. I, dude. I, you, and that goes to part of what I'm talking about. See, the culture and what we're thinking about and, and saying this ain't a game and you shouldn't be snitching. Like, he don't know any of that. He's How, like, he's Sway? A, because he's a kid that grew up in a corner store, like working for his dad or whatever it was. They said, like, you heard the podcast just like I heard it. He may have a perception of how dangerous it could be, but he don't believe the fat meat greasy. None of that stuff applies to him because he wasn't born and he don't know what this is. He's just like, <laughs> he he's literally, now, he's, been locked he's not, he's still obviously doesn't. <laughs> he's, he's like literally an actor. Like, damn, man, I didn't know this shit was like for real. This shit I seen on like Viceland and, and, and Gangland or whatever it is on A&E. He didn't, he doesn't still understand like the rep repercussions of that and i don't think that's for meek mill to explain to him that's for that nigga to find out on his own let him keep the best thing that this nigga can do is continue to do what he's doing then boom it catch up the best thing that's the best thing keep pulling them two million in keep going out keep thinking it's sweet keep letting people see you on the balcony wear your colored hair keep doing that keep thinking it's cool and then boom you get what you've been looking for that's the best thing that can happen to him i don't know about that (laughs) Um, but real quick, before we move on to this next topic, uh, we do have to give an RIP. We forgot to mention this at the beginning. We do have to give an RIP to Andre Harrell, Betty Wright, and Lil Richard, all music icons over the weekend. That was a rough weekend, number one. Yeah, man. That was Uh, really rough. Rest in peace to all three of those legends. Um, yeah, our condolences to them, the family, the friends. Puff Daddy put out a long speech, uh, and remembrance of Andre Harrell who started uh was it Uptown? 
Yep. Started Uptown Records. Very pivotal in the career of uh, guys like Puff Daddy, Betty Wright, of course. Uh, when she did the song with Callie lately, mm-hmm. they, it brought her back into the limelight. But she was a beast before then with, with what she did. And Little Richard, of course, Little Richard. <clears throat> Rough weekend, man. Yes, um, man. 2020, just gone. Hit the reset button. Wild times going on right now. Uh, moving on, though, man. Let's talk BMF. Uh, a prominent member of the Black Mafia family is home. It was you when Big Beach brought the Tigers in. Oh, my God. BMF co-founder Southwest T has been granted an early release due to the coronavirus outbreak and will finish the remainder of his sentence in home confinement. Now, 50 Cent has been pretty close with the BMF members since announcing plans to bring their story to the small screen. Um, upon T's release, Fifth has been taunting Puff. Irv Gotti and even Jeezy on IG about either money owed to Southwest T or a lack of support in Jeezy's case. Should 50 sit this one out? Absolutely not. (laughs) This is what you hire 50 Cent for if you BMF and you want your story told. Before the pen get to the pad, not to write it, not to produce it, but the, the whole everything surrounding it. Because little, like we were talking about previously, in and out of the culture, some people may not know who Southwest T is. Some people may not know what BMF had going on. We're talking about 15 years ago at the latest. So they see 50 Cent, who's still relatively popular, cheesy and puff. And they're like, well, what is this? What is this situation that 50 is talking about when this guy just got out of jail and these big names on money? At the very least, it's going to spark interest in people who may not have been that interested. And that's great for 50's TV show. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what he does. Like that's fifty. I wouldn't expect anything less. So I think one hundred percent. That's why you hire him on. What do you first, think? First of all, we're at worst two years away from the first episode of the BMF show on Stars. That's facts. Best it's the rollout case scenario. Though. It's the rollout though. It's gonna. You think this? This is this is just the tip of the iceberg. Dude. Fifty got big shit planned for these niggas, man. Jeezy might have to pull up on him. He is claiming, Jeezy might have to go back to the old Jeezy. Like, if it, it just, like, really think it's shit sweet. He he is claiming that Jeezy didn't really support him. He is claiming that Irv Gotti owes him a million dollars. He's claiming that Puff owes him money. Come on with it. Now, two of those three have been settled, according to his Instagram. He went on Instagram and said that Jeezy and T spoke and that that's good to go. And then that Puff and T spoke and that that's good to go. But he's still on level 10 with Irv Gotti about him saying that he owes him money. Man, dude, like this shit is tired, dog. Like 50 is inserting himself. When did he become the lawyer for BMF, dude? When did he become the rapper? I didn't notice. First of all, quit trying to play dog. 50's been running up on niggas about owing money for at least a year on Instagram. This is clear. <laughs> and he run with the, you know he got the rights to the BMF stuff. This is all marketing. And see, this is the difference between someone from the culture like 50 that's trolling. And you may not, people may not like it, but it's not going to come off as disrespectful or anything because he understands what he's doing. He know the right people to fuck with. He has a concept of what's going on with the culture. So he can do this. He can get away with it. It can be funny to some people, distasteful to others, but at least it's going to draw genuine interest. The difference with Takashi is he has no idea, no context. He can't, like, he don't know, like, 
telling YG, a real nigga, that hey, you, you a bitch ass nigga. Like, you don't know the repercussions. Like, you don't know that he really, like, running with real niggas. Like, and now you got this whole shit, a situation with your gang of friends that you can't handle. So, I think that's the difference. 50 knows exactly what he's doing, man. 50 is of this culture. He creates these type of stances. His career is built on this. No one's going to fuck with BMF at 50. I mean, like, no one ain't coming for BMF and saying fuck 50 and BMF if he come to them wrong. Like, 50, yeah. he's playing a chess game. This is and played out, you can dude. say in response to this. How is it played out? Takashi does it. This is his IG cool. life. Takashi is half. the 50 is old enough to be Takashi's dad, first But like you said, it makes money. What we no, here for to make money, right? No, we're not even sure if the BMF show is actually happening, dude. It's, it's been yeah. all talk. That's my point. This is this is to make sure that it happens. This is 50 doubling down. I'm with these niggas. I, I know T. So next time, I'm the nigga that's going in these offices and having these discussions about TV shows because I made power. I need this. This is this this is leverage for 50. That's some slow. For like the record. The more, the more people start talking about this on Instagram and the more fights that he picked, that's what's going to stick out when he's in the office having the negotiations about getting the money to get to started. I love it. The the For the reference to Southwest T is Big Meech's brother. For anyone who did not know, Big Meech is pretty much like the face of BMF. That's the name that kind of everybody knows that isn't necessarily familiar with the with the run that they had. Um, <clears throat> what we got next, man? Next week, there's a great book on uh, BMF called The Rise and Fall of the Black Mafia family. It's a really good book. You should probably check that out if you want to know more about them. It's very detailed. Yeah, that's a dope-ass book. Next, we got your man's killer Cam. Cameron Giles is back in the news. Mr. Pink himself claims that there are talks of a paid-in-full part two. He said he got a homeboy up at the studio where the part one was made, and since Harvey Weinstein's out of there, he's willing to do business with them, and they've been in Light discussions about a paid in full too. My question to you is paid in full one of those hood classes that you leave alone, or are you here for a part two? Listen, so he was on Instagram live and he was quoted as saying, I don't want to say a hundred percent yes, but we're definitely in talks about doing something similar to paid in full one. It's definitely a conversation, it's one hundred percent the conversation that is. I pray that it stays in the conversation uh, and doesn't leave the little bullshit boardroom or Zoom meeting that they were in. Put a stop to that shit right now, dude. There has not been one. I'm talking about one successful hip hop sequel in the history of life. Have we not learned from Belly 2? I got the hookup 2. Nigga, Choices 2. I got the hookup 2 one good. All of these movies suck, bro. People like State Property, too, though. What? Yeah, people like State Property, though. I don't believe a, that. State Property a, 1 is cool. State Property 2 is a cult hood class. No, the, the, the album, boy. Album's fire. <laughs> the movie is trash. Yeah. They, these um, don't work, man. No, this needs to stay in conversation. This is bored quarantine talk. I will not... <laughs> pay this any attention this will never see the light of day no one's gonna start filming anything for at least six months anywhere much less paid in full too so this won't happen and i have my fingers and toes crossed that it doesn't that's funny um 
the thing about paid in full and why it was good it's based on a true story and we were talking the other day in the group chat about the documentary for paid in full the, the game over where sisters talking about what's going on in comparison to the movies for me what made paid in full a classic is it being based on that true story mm. and even if it's loosely based the moment you start to stray away from that true story, you start going and paid in for two and what would have happened with Reed, like, I'm good. I am 100% good. Though I feel like Cameron is creative enough to make a good hood movie in comparison to paid in for, I don't think the paid in for is, is the answer. Yeah, man, I ain't gonna base, I ain't gonna judge the nigga off killer seats. Mm-hmm. I think the Cameron is creative enough to be able to put something together, but I don't want it to be paid in full too because paid in full was it. That was a a good hood story. It wasn't perfect. It was great. Um, it, it's one to be told, uh, cautionary tale, if you would say. And I don't think it needs to be touched at all. Uh, you start doing shit like Belly Two and, and things like that. They seem like money grabs. There's no real uh, storytelling or art to it. Now I ain't, I'm not here for that. That at all it's the low-hanging fruit man like i That's like don't i don't i'm not here for reboots i'm not here for sequels 15 years later they traditionally speaking they don't work every once in a while it may work bad boys three or four or whatever which one just came out i was entertained by that cool that was that was a cooler movie dude but I don't need the hey let's wake up and remake the best thing i've ever done like no bro it, too much time on their hands. Cameron got people in his basement doing jump ropes with their titties falling out and shit. Like the nigga's bored, bro. He's fucking bored out of his mind, just like the rest of us. But let's not go crazy off of the shit, dude. We don't need a paid in full two. I don't care who's in it. I don't care what production company signs on. I don't need it. It's a bad idea. Come up with something original, and then we can maybe talk about something. But like let's. Let's leave that alone, man. Do not fuck up that the legacy of Paid in Full. It's a classic, probably the last great hood movie, if we're being honest. Um, and don't let's not fuck that up, man. That's all I'm saying. What Cameron should be working on is a Dipset documentary. I'm here for that all day and twice on Sunday. That's a fact. Dipset I'm here for that. Together, man, let's run it. I want to know about how he got hooked like Dame. I want to know about the whole Rockefeller run, the beef with Jay, tension, all of that, the good stories. Get Jewels in there, get Jimmy in there. When they, I need that Rockefeller, I mean, excuse me, that the Dipset doc I would much rather see over the paid in full too. I'm, I'm here for that all day long. Uh-huh. Um, before we get to this break, Double um, XL, man, I came across an article on Double XL that named rappers with the most dedicated fan bases. Now, artists listed were Nicki Minaj, Eminem, Playboy Cardi, amongst a few others. Who, to you, has the most dedicated fan base? Right now, to this day, I say it's Uzi. Mm. Uh, like, I've never seen... Like, even with the... Just today, to put a timestamp on when we record this, I've seen the video of him doing a freestyle with the kid at the gas station. For sure. And when the nigga was walking past the school bus shit, and it was like, uh, shit, what you doing? I had a nigga like, shit, I don't know. <laughs> like, ooh. <laughs> Uzi just come off like a regular nigga, and that translates so well to his fans, and then he makes such great music. Like, how I gauge it also, all the kids fuck with him. He's like the god for them. But even on social media, if I'm on Twitter, like, I don't follow those. I don't even know what his tag shit is 
but somehow miraculously, <laughs> we don't even follow kids that should be listening to them. There's no way that Lil Uzi should be on my timeline, but every day there's some Lil Uzi shit on my timeline. Maybe because I follow some rap blogs or whatever it may be, and they got a report on it, but sure. it's just always some type of engagement. Like He always, like his fans, always like ride for him, uh, even if he's giving out like a very minimal input. So I would definitely say it's Uzi. Who you say? Um, so I would say number one, I- excluding a couple of the people that they name, Nicki Minaj, we know how her barbs and all we we know about that. We know about Eminem. A nigga literally broke into his house to just to yeah. meet him and shit. Like we <laughs> know what he owns. Two houses. Two, Two cribs houses. nigga broke into. He literally has stands. He created the damn word for it. So excluding them, I would have to go number one for me is Travis Scott. For the most dedicated fan bases. Anything he puts out right now, anything, shoes, t-shirts, Fortnite, uh, Reese's peanut butter cup cereal, nigga, it doesn't matter, dude. They come out in drones to support him. If you look at his Netflix documentary, um, the Look Mom, I Can Fly, um, that came out, uh, I don't know if that's early this year or late last year, his fans were acting like he was Michael Jackson when he was pulling up to the shows, dude. Like, like people were passing out in audiences and shit, bro. Like, he's worked hard to hone in on that fan experience by, like, doing different things, like bringing people on stage to crowd surf or um, giving his jewelry away or some shit at the show. Like, he's done little things like that and put in work and has the quality material to match. And it's, and it's worked. And his fans ride or die for him. They come out and draw, no matter what he puts out, it doesn't matter. His shoes sell out instantly. Resale is nuts. Merch goes crazy. It like it doesn't matter, man. They support whatever he got going on, and I, I think he's he's got the most dedicated fan base, excluding Nicki Minaj and Eminem. Mm. Easy call. Close second yeah. would be Future too, though. I think Future, the Future, future High, <clears throat> and and, and that, that got a lot to do with hate, though. I think, mm. I think a lot of people follow and keep up with Future just to hate, just to call him toxic. Like, even now with the baby mama stuff on Mother's Day, people are hating on that. Then it seems like it, it's a rollout that he found out that he had another baby mother. Like, <laughs> I think that people oh, follow yeah, Future out, just right. to, yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But I think the, the, the Future is, is fueled in hate. Uh, Kanye, Kanye's pretty big up there. That's Y'all, you stands have gotten him to a place with them ugly shoes and clothes. The way he think he's a god, so I say Kanye and the Drake stands. Like your Drake stands as well. Like you're a Drake and a Kanye stand. Those are my number two and three. And the reason I say Drake fans is this: you can't just give Drake credit if you ain't like a stand. Like you guys that love Drake, y'all can't believe that people like ain't head over heels about his music. Like if somebody be like, that's cool. <laughs> Somebody can be like, that's cool. I'll be like, what? It's cool. So I, I think off, tough. Drake can't release cool music to his fans. The, the, things a banger to y'all. You touched on this when you mentioned future. <clears throat> you said that it it you said that there's hate, but I think that in, in future's case, I think this may be similar. When Drake fans see people hating on him so much, <laughs> they double down and triple down on the support to offset what they feel is unwarranted hate. And I think that's what people do for Future as well, because people take shots at Future for being toxic or for his situations with 
um, you know, glorifying drug use or pop the molly, I'm sweating or whatever the fuck. People, people go at him for that. And so his fans feel like they got to go harder to defend him. I am in the real view group chat right now. People are telling me that he's never missed. That is a fucking lie. Have you not heard the Honest album? It is fucking trash. Yet, in Steel, I am getting replied with five fire emojis for his clearly worst project ever. No, bro. Future's worst project is not five fire emojis, my nigga. They're going to ride with the music regardless. Future fans are going to ride with the music. Like He can't make a bad song. Like Drake can't do anything bad for you guys, but you write about the future. Like he can't make a bad, like it ain't a bad bar. And that's complete <laughs> horseshit. <laughs> Fuck out of here! But nah, that, that's a good one though. Though all those fan bases are, <laughs> those yeah, are ride the, or die. The fact that you guys are still there with Kanye is amazing to me. I can't. Amazing that you out. What are you talking about? Why would you? I, I, I was out at the dark twisted fantasy, but that's that's not true. <laughs> not true. That's just not. True. That's why we go hard for bullshit. That's why like I was that. out. I was out there. What? Uh, all right, man. We got a new battle coming up this weekend, man. Topic time. Yes. Fresh off of the first um, R and B ladies battle with um, Erica Badu and Jill Scott. First off, did you check that out? Absolutely not. Now, <laughs> and I, this is me. I love uh, Erica Badu personality. You got some shit. I, and, and some songs, and I like Jill Scott too. I, I like, uh, but I'm fam. I'm not here for that. That's that's over my head with the chakras and like all of that stuff. I'm good. I said I went, that in the group I chat. Here for that. I, I said in a group chat that I was gonna be sleep for that, and then niggas was like, "Oh, what are you talking about? What do you mean they're legends? What are you talking about?" And while the battle is going on, I saw nothing but sleep emojis in the group chat. Oh, now niggas is bored. Oh, now you see what I was talking about a week ago when this shit got announced and I said I was skipping it. Now we shocked. Fuck out of here, dude. They got they both have catalogs and fire music, but for a battle, yeah, it's it, not this entertaining, is, bro. People are starting to see that it ain't just the music. That's gonna make these battles good. And we touched on it a little bit when we talked about Babyface and Teddy Riley. It's it's your like it's the persona. It's you gotta like have stage the reason, presence, even yeah, in a battle. The reason that Hit Boy and Boy Wonder, am I am I talking with them right too? For Hit sure. Boy Wonder. The reason that them niggas was funny is because of their personalities. Like condescending, like taking little shots at each other. The shit was funny when the dream was doing it. Like you gotta know how to entertain five hundred thousand people. And I'm not saying that those ladies don't in the setting of doing concerts and making great material there. But something as personal and intimate as IG Live, where you gotta be quick and witty. Like I don't just think they ain't here for it. I, I ain't That's true they too. can't do it. Erica Badu ain't here to entertain you niggas on IG. That's a like, fact. Y'all, y'all, you know what I'm saying? So I think that we're gonna have a good opportunity here with this is the first time we've had rappers do it, right? Like, when it's been on Versus, I, I think this is a good opportunity for That's these guys to be showmen. Like, I, 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 I'm i a Nelly fan, so I wouldn't mind him coming in a little cocky and talking a little shit to Ludacris, and I'm sure Ludacris wouldn't respond because he's not, like, some simp. I'm sure he would respond to it. I think that would be entertaining. I don't know beef shit, but just right. like, yeah, my nigga, I'm here. And I that's, that's what I wanted to ask. Like, the love fest 
between Erica Badu and Jill Scott was cute. Yeah. That's cool. Girl power, all of that. that that's cool. It's not entertaining for the kid now. Nah. I want to see. I want to see the nigga that's out there like Joy. Like we've been watching this last dance. Doc. I want to see the person that come to the IG live versus ready to bite the other person's head off. Yeah, exactly. we can play, play game. I came to win, my nigga. With that I being said, that person. is the when you first saw this matchup. Moving on to the Nelly and the Luda matchup. When you first saw that this was live and this was a real thing, do you think it's a good matchup just on paper? Yeah, this ain't bad. I I, I think that they're genres of hip-hop uh, are closely enough aligned for if Ludacris plays something, Nelly could match it because it was in the same space at the same sort mm. of times, geared toward the same type of people. Um, I couldn't see like Ludacris going against T.I. That's what the internet that, was wanting. Yeah, and that's why I brought that up. It's, it's two different styles of music. And people can say that Ludacris is a better rapper, and people can say that he sold more. But the songs that the songs that are gonna get the crowd going with Ti plays are different from the songs like that Ludacris can play. Not to say that one's better than the other; it's just that you need two different settings for like them two guys to get off. I don't think you need two different settings for a Ludacris and a Nelly to get off. That's in the same vein right there. If we talking about Ti, we talking about Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. We're talking about something like Ross. Mm. Maybe Wayne or something like that, because that's of the same vein. They were talking about the same stuff. Similar. It's similar to, in that nature. And the people are going to get excited. I think that's a big key to what we were talking about with entertaining. The people get excited for the same type and style of songs. Like if T.I. come in and play some hard, dope-ass trap shit, and then Ludacris come in with Stand Up, it yeah, don't it's not gonna hit the same. Yeah, it just ain't gonna hit the same. Like stand up dope in its own right, but if Ti come in with some dope ass shit off uh, uh, one of them uh, mixtapes of Down with the King and, and everybody fuck with it, and it was like a hood classic. Like it just ain't gonna. It ain't fair. Now, uh, and plus, people are really just dying for Ludacris and Ti to just do something. People we've just been see talking that fight, about. Yeah. We talk about he, the interview. Like yeah, people want them to address months. that. He needs to get on um, the the expeditiously podcast. Everybody just dying to see them together doing something. I get it. I understand Thanks. that. And Ti has continuously said he said it on the last expeditiously. I can't remember who he was talking. A little Duval. He said the problem always people think it was between him and Ludacris. It was between Ti and I twenty. The crews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ti and I twenty more than anything. With that being said, uh, on paper, when I first saw it, I thought this was a good matchup. Um, like you said, same time frame, early 2000s. They were pretty much hot at the same time. Um, the, the nostalgia would definitely be there for, you know, the early ringtone rap days and shit. I'm looking forward to it. Um, my question, the follow-up question that we kind of have written here is, who do you believe had the bigger impact during those Y2K times? Was it Nelly or Ludo? I may be a little biased. Oh, of course. Shit. Nah, I mean, it's not even, I don't even think you can be biased about this. It's Nelly. Fuck. Nelly had niggas wearing band-aids and Air Force Ones. I don't see any clothing. Focal is what Nelly had. I don't Apple Bottoms. Like, Nelly was a, a tidal wave. And Ludacris, he was he was big. And he had an impact. But he was really just, he was really more so a dope rapper. And his impact was his music. More of a cultural impact, I would 
definitely say Cornell Haynes. Nelly, Nelly's impact was bigger. It, it had the bigger splash. Mm-hmm. He had the bigger splash. His debut album went 10 times platinum. We can't say that about too many rappers when your first joint goes diamond. That's nuts. He had three top 10 singles on the first album. You can't talk 2000 hip hop without mentioning country grammar. That, that's just a matter. That's just a fact of the matter. But with that being said, Luda's impact lasted longer, though. It wasn't as splashy, but it lasted longer. Nelly was hot from 2000 to about 04. Luda was hot from 2000 to 2010. He doubled That's up on not his true. run. That's not true. Ludacris, what? Ludacris was releasing music from 2000 to 2010. If we want to talk about hot, maybe 2004, 5, when the niggas started doing the uh, Fast and Furious movies, it was OV. Are you serious? Like, yes, absolutely. Like, if we talking about impactful, ludicrous albums, we're talking about back for the first time. Okay, we talk about word of mouth. Okay, we can talk about chicken and beer. All right, and his album was number one it. in twenty ten, dude, and he had a hit single. What are you talking Battle about? My sexist. chick bad will get played Saturday night. Oh, are you serious? My fucking god, this nigga said this will get played. Ludacris in 2010 was no longer an impact, though. Like, we talking about... I just said his run. His run ended in 2010. This was it. He hasn't had a hit since. He had a hit in 2010. His run ended ended when he put out Chicken after uh, the Red Light District. Yeah, he got got nominated for a Grammy on Release Therapy, and it went 1.3. What are you talking about? That don't mean nothing. What are you talking about? (laughs) I don't care nothing about him being nominated for a Grammy. What? You have to include that in the run. What are you talking about, Release Therapy, Theater of Mind, Battle of the Sexes, and Ludoversal are not included in his run. Ludoversal is absolutely... Whatever you want to tell me about the Grammys, about him selling 1.3 million, that's the same bullshit argument you make for DMX and a great depression album fam i don't care what the numbers say i seen this shit with my eyes that nigga was dead in these streets my chick bad is a hit dude uh, and it's going to get played because of the remix listen nelly will not play anything <laughs> post 2004 not one song bro watch that they don't have to How? you don't have to post anything past 2004 he can still win oh my god Luda is going to be posting shit from 2010. He's going to be playing shit from shit 2010. That only, shit that you and only the people that looked at Fast and the Furious heard. My so chick ain't bad? We, no we the only niggas w. that heard my chick bad. You keep referencing my chick bad like it's fucking successful or something. I'm just dude. saying it's one it's song. It's my chick bad. One example of one I don't song. even remember that song. Oh, my Let me God. Google my chick bad. Who was on this? It How does that go? Nicki Minaj. Ah, okay. That, so it's Nicki Minaj's song. No. Got it. That's the cheat code. Now that I look it up, I see it. My chick bad official video, Nikki. So you me tell you what this was. This was a older star who had to fulfill his last album or whatever it was on his deal. And the biggest star in the game right then, Nikki. He was able to get her on a feature, and then he got one more in there. And it's like what, that, I don't my care chick the logistics. Bad, my chick bad is like Joe Montana with the Chiefs. It's like Jordan with the Wizards. That's what my chick bad is, dude. That ain't part of a run. You don't include that. That's like Emmitt Smith with the Cardinals. <laughs> DJ Khaled, all I do is win. He was on. That was 2010. 
That was DJ Khaled's song. No one was calling Nelly for features. <laughs> That's what I'm telling you, dude. And fam, Ludacris' phone when, was look, still ringing. Listen, this is when DJ Khaled could only get Ludacris. Oh, my God. This nigga wanted any day. He wanted T.I. He wanted Plies. He wanted all these other people. And they were like, shit, you can get Luda? Oh, like, my I God. I gotta take Ludacris? Yes. My nigga. Because you Khaled, and this will help you right now. Because he's on his way down. You're on your way up. Y'all might as well meet right here. All right, boom, you got Ludacris featured. Come on, man. Ludacris was done in 2011. He was done. <laughs> you give him five years too, man. It's just basically because you like Fast and Furious, and I understand that. That's cool. <laughs> Look, who's okay? Looking at the discographies, though, looking All at right. the discographies, who, who has the better discography between the two? All right, so the tail of the tape Nelly got seven studio albums, Ludacris has nine. Mm. All right. Nelly came out the gate, sold 10 million with Country Grandma. If I had a preferred discography, this like ain't even close. It's Nelly. Oh, my fucking God. Like, Ludacris, don't got a, Ludacris doesn't have an album better than Nellyville, first of all. And then. What? <laughs> Ludacris doesn't have an album better than Nellyville. And Country Groundway, if we added all of their CDs up to, excuse me. All of their albums up together, it may be Nellyville 1, Country Grammar 2. So if he got the top two albums in the discography, he has the best discography. But he doesn't have any... Nelly has the worst material out of the two. He's got the bottom three. M.O.? Brass Knuckles? <laughs> I don't even know what M.O. is. <laughs> that Mo album? 5. I didn't know there was a Mo Nigga, album. These albums were trash, <laughs> bro. These were legitimate <laughs> F5. Uh, 5. worldwide release LPs, dude. And they were fucking garbage. Ludacris' well, last album, that Ludaversal, is fucking garbage. He's got one fucking garbage album. Nelly has three. And a possible with the sweat or suit, depending on how you feel about it. And see, and Ludacris still had the Def Jam money, too. What does like, that have was to still, do with anything? The, what are we talking the about? The albums were still good because they were Def Jam albums. Nelly was on Motown. <laughs> he was on Motown for his last three albums. This nigga making doo-wops, dude. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> they got this nigga in the studio with the Temptations trying to make hits in 2008. So, Listen. I mean, if we're talking about quantity, I would take uh, Ludacris discography. But I'm going to be real with you, man. I ain't being a T.I. fan more than anything. It ain't even more so about Nelly. I never got into um, Ludacris. Uh, one reason being that. And two reasons, it's just like very animated. That ain't my style. That's right. how he started. He did start off animated. Uh, did, did he finish that way? Nah, his last two, I mean, those, um, that theater, the mind, and release therapy were a little bit more on the serious tip. That's when you started to get war with God and stuff like that. The war with God is banging. Yeah, that's that's fire. He wouldn't have never put that on them first couple. Like, it wouldn't even fit. Um, You think he'll play that? He's not going to play that, though, is Hell no. Yeah, pull up and hit him in his jaw, dude. He played that shit. <laughs> Nigga play that dope ass T.I. this and you know Nelly his man too. T.I. gonna be in the room. Are we sure that was about T.I.? Yeah, because at the end he said, uh, do like your song saying stay do well at the end of it, I think it was a T.I. this. I have to listen to he it. He said do like your record say sh- or shut the fuck up. But I don't know what that rep what he was talking about though. Stand up. Well That's no, excuse the, me. Dun, 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 dun. I think he was talking about bring him out. Do like your record saying bring him out or shut the fuck up. Mm. Listen back to that person. I think he was talking about Ti. 
I ain't gonna lie, that's my question. If 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 I got into an elevator tomorrow, which I wouldn't because no elevators are working right now, but if I was and I saw Luda, I would say, bro, I gotta ask you one question off the record, and then I would clearly go on the podcast the next day and say everything. But I would say were you talking about when you said do like your record say or shut the fuck up? What record were you talking about and who was the artist? I, I need that answer for the culture. And he needs to actually say that during Saturday's battle. Like that that's what would make it dope. When you get the stories behind the records, and I don't need a long, drawn out uh step by step, play by play of the story. But when you give little tidbits about records or you almost had this person on there, but this shit fell through or you recorded this in, I don't know, fucking Marvin Gaye's old studio, whatever. We need the little tidbits and the stories in between the records, dude. And this would be the perfect time to be like, man, look, I done squashed this with my brother. We cool now. You know what I'm saying? But when when we was at going at it. This record right here was aimed at so-and-so, and this is what I meant by what I said. This will make this shit legendary. That's what make these verses things so dope if you give tidbits and little-known rap history facts. That's what I'm here for. I agree with you, and that's a fact. Uh, I think that Nelly is capable of that, and Ludacris, too. Ludacris is a pretty entertaining dude, uh, regardless of how I feel about his music. I, I do think that he's a, he's a very talented brother, so I, I, I agree those stories or the insight to the songs that is one million percent of shit that make it fire and even make you go back and listen to us i 100 percent agree with you there if you look at nelly's discography honestly though his is more in line with 50 cent like they came out the gate strong that ain't a bad comparison that, yeah no, I, I ain't even trying to be funny or nothing but if you look at 50s his first two are tough and then it get a little tricky. Curtis, before I self-destruct. Yeah. Like, eh, like, niggas weren't really just fucking with them like that. For the level at which he came out the gate to where those are, it's a, it's night and day. It's the same thing with Nelly, bro. Country grammar is all is up here. It's way That's up fair. here. Ten Nellyville is up there, too. But uh, 5.0 and all that. Uh, sweatsuit yeah, is cool. I, 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 ain't, I ain't caping for sweat or suit or brass. Sweatsuit is okay, though. Or five okay. It's okay. But it, it, it ain't. Nellyville or country grammar. When you got a Nellyville and country grammar, it's hard to like, it's hard to put out eight more years of CDs if you've seen, you know, you saw 16 million your first two. Same thing with 50. Yep. You're not even making an excuse for them. It's, just, it's hard. Like, I could definitely see that as a fan. Now, I don't think of, uh, though the catalogs match up, I don't think 50 and Nelly will work just because of what we were talking about earlier with 50 and the picking. And then, like, I don't think Nelly that type of nigga that's gonna go for it. Mm. Just like we seen up on the Breakfast Club when you told Charlemagne, like, like Charlemagne always say, the scared that he's ever been, the most scared he's ever been on Breakfast Club is wasn't the Fredro Star shit, it wasn't the Birdman shit. He said it was when Nelly, he called Nelly cold, and said he was cold out here. Yep. And Nelly was like, shit, we, I mean, we can square up. It's what I pay lawyers for. <laughs> Like Nelly told him, "This what I pay my lawyers for, my nigga. Like you keep on talking, you gonna find out." And Charlamagne said, "I was, I felt like that he was gonna do it." <laughs> and I just, I, I always gotten the same thing from Nelly too. So I think that Fifty won't, Fifty don't have a good uh, awareness of his surroundings, and yeah. I think that he'll go too far, and it'll be something. It'll turn into something totally different. Yeah, no, nah, which would be entertaining. Us, listen, I definitely would be there to see it. Listen, Murphy Lee. Murphy Lee told us Nelly. Nelly wanted all wants all the smoke. He about yep. all that, and I believed him. So 
I, I, yeah, that, I don't think that will work. We again, we've been saying this since day one. It needs to be fifty on behalf of G Unit versus Cam on behalf oh of Dipset. That's it. That's, that's the main. There's nothing event. else to talk All about. All day, every day, every time, and that's one of them where like both of them have a lack of awareness for the room. So it's just gonna go jab for jab. I, I'm tuned in for every second yeah. of a fifty in Cam G Unit and Dipset. So. Who do you got but, in this one? You know how it goes. It's 20 rounds. It's all bangers. Who do you got for the win, and do you have a score? I say Nelly 13-7. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Are you serious? Smoke. <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> Y'all niggas got these ludicrous capes on. I cannot wait to with Nelly come watch him in the – both in a wash. What, what you're, here's the part that you're neglecting to consider. I don't like Ludacris. Well, then, no, that's just hate. Music. The, music. You're, you're, you're thinking of solo shit. You have to mm. remember the features that this nigga has been on when he was on fire. That's what you're leaving out. That's where I think he's going to hurt Nelly, bro. He's got bigger features than Nelly does. That's true. What is Nelly going to play? The fucking Tim McGraw song? Like, no. He's going to play the song with Justin Timberlake. What is that? I don't think they got a song together. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't even remember. I, I don't know what that is. That's my point. But Luda has big feature records, though remixes and features. Like that's a and that's a cheat code, but it's all that's all allowed in this shit right here. And it's funny you bring up that these are the first rappers. I did not peep that. It's tough. It's been producers, Listen, writers. Yep. Well, you know, what I'm saying? that's crazy. R&B singers. Right. Listen, you got Nelly on "Nasty Girl" remix for Biggie and Diddy. That's trash, bro. Got him on with a party at remix. Lose control. Yeah, you know Nelly was on that with a party at. Oh, was that Jagged Edge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, nah, that's, yeah, that's that was that was that went up. And lose control with Carrie Hilson. Stop. Girlfriend oh. remix with NSYNC. Stop. <laughs> Call on me, Janet Jackson. These features are some slow. Hey, listen, it's, hold on. Call hey, on me, Janet Jackson. Low key, that call on me was banging, but I don't remember that. <laughs> it's I not gonna make no that. waves in a battle though. But that song was banging though. Do you remember about that life with Nelly, Fabulous, T Pain, and K Slay? K Slay, no. So, and then here I am with him and Ross banging though. Here, I that's his am. song though. <laughs> And it's a feature. That oh, ain't that's Ross song. You're right. That's, Ross song. Yeah. That, that's the one where he went at Irv Gotti. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, shake your tail, fella. Grammy nominated. Now, listen. I'll say this. Oh, yeah. When he plays Air Force One, just go ahead and give him the point for that. Me too. He got to take his shoes off and everything. He got to wear the Air Force. It's like on a little necklace and shit. And it, see, niggas got to put the yeah. deal to it, too. Like, niggas got to show out. I want to see niggas, like, enjoy his shit. And he got like he got to no see he, he got to pull out that's what I'm saying he's got to have some Air Force Ones on that we ain't never yeah. seen though like true, with the Saint Lunatics on the side and the fucking right, like, about he, to cut he got to do shit like that dude yeah niggas got to entertain you're right that's why I would love to see Cam and Fifty do this I love to see Drake do this I think Drake would love to do it it just ain't he too big for it but Drake would be an entertaining ass nigga doing this shit there's not a like, rapper walking this earth well. Not a rapper breathing, walking this earth. There's that nobody could step that can do a versus, a versus with battle with Aubrey Drake Graham. There's not one. Snoop. <laughs> Let's go. Thirty years of hits. You telling me with all the Snoop features, his hits, thirty Ooh. years in the game that he can't do a versus with Drake? Oh shit. 
Snoop can't do a versus with Drake. No, that's dope. That is a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> what about Pac? What no. if somebody was playing Pac shit? Somebody, Pac do, no. Are you telling me Pac couldn't go 20 songs with Drake? No, bro. Ah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> no. We lost thousands of listeners. People are never tuning into this podcast again. No, you couldn't, dude. It wouldn't Pac, work. Tupac Shakur wouldn't win a versus battle against Drake. No, bro. That's crazy. That is crazy. Tupac and Biggie combined wouldn't win a versus battle relax, against Drake. Relax. We're moving on to the next segment. We got it. We, we got it here. You, you've been talking too much today or something. You're drunk. Clearly have been on the bomb, man. What was our liquor sponsor that we had? You've been on them gold bottles. Man, Easy. oh, I thought you were talking about the bomb, man. The bomb aid. Shout out to the bomb aid, guys. I had, man, I had some of that yesterday. Mix it with the orange juice. It was fine. You clearly are still drinking it. <laughs> clearly, you got a full cup of that over there. For the record, though, I, I've got Luda winning this 12-8. Mm. That's similar to what I'm saying, but just the other way around because you like Ludacris. You hate Nelly. Yeah, he's some slaw. Uh, but that Janet Jackson song was banging. I'm going to listen to that when we get off. Um, I've never heard that. Y'all let us know what y'all think, man. Who do y'all have winning the battle and what's the score? You already know how we get down. Instagram live, instant reaction as soon as it's over with. Hoping these niggas do this in a timely fashion so I'm not up past my fucking bedtime because I'm washed, even in quarantine. They're going to do it on Saturday, aren't they? they yes, I'm still washed. Oh. It doesn't matter. You'd be up to three in the morning playing that mad <laughs> practice rounds in. <laughs> Getting them practice rounds, man. Then you see that shit. Uh, shit, man. We got some wins and losses, dude. We got... Yes, sir. We're going to the wins and the losses, man. This week, a big fat L, mm. in your opinion, not for me, to Lloyd Banks. He says 50 per 50 cents in his new book that Lloyd Banks did not use social media because the aforementioned Tupac and Biggie did not use it. Oh, my God. I don't believe this at all. 50 is like we were talking about earlier. 50 know how just to poke you in the right place and the right buttons. This sounds very funny, but I do not believe it. I, I, Lloyd Banks didn't tell him and literally mean Pac and Biggie don't got a Twitter, so I'm not using it. That couldn't have been a conversation. I don't L- believe it. Listen, I'm, I'm currently listening to that book as we speak. How um, is it? It's So far, it's so good. I'm, I'm on chapter three. Um, he, he like to throw little shots though. Is it on Audible? I'm from the I didn't know. Yeah, it's and it's him uh-huh. narrating it too. So, um, it's pretty solid so far. There's a little bit of promo in it. Like he mentioned that liquor that he got like five times in chapter two. It's like okay, fam. And then he throw a little shot here and there, like he just doing his fifty shit. But he's speaking some real shit so far. So far, so good. With that being said, I haven't gotten to this part in the book, but I 100 percent believe it. It is consistent with everything that he, else that he has said about Lloyd Banks. He mentioned that he was trying to get Banks to step out of his comfort zone in that mind frame that he was in of being holed up in the studio, writing punchline after punchline every night. Meanwhile, while the world outside passes him by, he was trying to get him to buy into Instagram early and show more of his personality, man. Do a day in the life, had a camera follow you, make a documentary, do something other than sit in the studio all day, nigga, trying to think of metaphors, and <laughs> Lloyd Banks wouldn't, he wouldn't fuck with it. And if you listen to Lloyd Banks, or if you've ever watched him in any type of interview, he's not here for any of that shit. So I believe that he literally said, man, Pocket Biggie didn't need that shit, so why do I? I believe it. 
I don't. I don't believe that at all. And I heard an interesting take on this uh, pertaining to their relationship. And I thought it was a good, I didn't think of it when I heard this. And it was like similar to what you're saying. It, the evidence is there throughout the years of what Lloyd Banks wanted to do. And listening to this clip, I haven't heard it in full. It sounds like the 50 Cent never had the conversation with Lloyd Banks as to what he wanted. It was always, you the number two, you should do this this way so you can be the next 50 Cent. How do we know that Lloyd Banks wanted to be the next 50 Cent? Who's to say that he didn't want to be sitting in the studio, writing metaphors, cashing his checks that he was getting for that? Because that so don't last tell, forever. 50, it 50 doesn't. know that right. they don't last forever, and, dude. And my point is, if he had the conversation with him and asked him, do you want this to last forever? Like, everybody wants to be famous and successful. But maybe he just wanted to make a lot of money, get that shit out of the way, and be able to live off of it. Not make another. Like, maybe that's what he wanted. And just from what I've seen from Lloyd Banks, they what you're saying is the examples that you gave. I don't think that he wanted to be 50 Cent. He didn't want to be like the next star. He just wanted to be what he was. And he had a yow. I think he, I think, I feel him. He was stuck in that mind frame of, of his way of thinking. And not everybody can have the 50 Cent mind frame. If True. that was the case, there'd be more 50s walking around. But mm-hmm. I, I still think he didn't, he didn't live up to his promise at all. But he maybe was everything that he wanted to be. Why did, why did he get into the rap game, dude? Why don't just go to make money, work bro? Quick trip, dude. That you'll make the money that he made working the Crick Trip. It's like you saying, well, it's like it's similar to what Jordan was saying in the docs. He referenced that like everybody don't want to be as good as you, my nigga. That's a that's they're like cap, that's, that's, yes, they do. That's no, they don't. That's hard for some people that are striving to be great to understand. I think I would agree. I don't know what you would say, but I think that fifty strives to be great. I've never seen anything from Lloyd Banks that said that. I've never seen something from Lloyd Banks that said he wanted to be great. I don't know. I, nah, I think the way he raps, bro, and the way he put his shit together, he got pride I, in his shit. That to, he does, and that to me tells me that he enjoys rapping, not that he wants to be a successful superstar like 50 Cent. Mm-hmm. So, we'll never know because that time has passed. That is a fact. A W to George Watoski. George Watoski, he broke the Guinness's Book of World Records for the longest continuous freestyle. This guy went 33 hours, 33 minutes, and 33 seconds. He raised $140,000 for COVID relief. Mm. Shout out to George, man. How you feel about that? Shout out to G. Watsky. If y'all want to see this, it is on YouTube. Nobody wants to see this. He rapped for 33 hours. First of all, staying awake for 33 hours straight is impressive. Mm. Rapping the entire time is super impressive. And then, you know, 140 bands for your efforts. Shout out to him. Um, he basically, I watched a little bit because I had to get out of there because he wasn't really talking about nothing. But he literally freestyled only taking bathroom breaks. The bathroom was right to the side of the camera, but he was rapping as he was taking bathroom breaks. So I don't know. He needs to get a deal with some type of energy drink company or something, dude. But Shout out to him. 33 is my favorite number. So him doing 33 day, 33 hours, 33 minutes, 33 seconds. That resonate with me. Shout out to G. Watsky, man. Shout out to young George. It definitely ain't nothing to me. I could care less. But he is giving back for COVID. I'm here for that. Uh, and lastly, man, a big W to our boy, Lil Dicky. First got his spotlight here over at the On Deck TV podcast. He was a part of XXL's freshman class. We were very impressed with some of his videos and his creativity. And we 
even predicted that he would go on to bigger and better things as he has. The show Dave has been picked up for the second season on FX, mm. averaging 5.3 million viewers in this past season per episode in comparison to the popular FX Atlanta show that averaged 1.8 million viewers. Uh, Look, Dickie doing his thing, is he not? Absolutely, man. Look, Dickie basically pulled off the white version of Atlanta, and it was funny, mm-hmm. and it worked. It did. Um, and that, that's why I compared the numbers. No, I wasn't trying to shit on Childish Gambino there, but just give you a comparison of how successful it's doing in his first season. Yeah, no, it's it's a very funny show. Um, FX got two smashes on their hands with this in Atlanta. I think it'd actually be kind of cool if they brought it back at the same time, maybe like on a, a specific day of the week, they could be played back to back. I think that might be kind of cool. Um, they better not make us wait that long for Atlanta. Oh, uh, listen, unf- due to COVID, it ain't no telling when this shit is even gonna start back filming. Much I think they less with that third season, right? Because that's that was ready for uh, release. To all this shit happened. Well, I'm talking about really both of them, honestly. Oh, okay. We know I don't know when we're gonna get that day, man. But that I, I thought the last episode was genius. Uh, that was probably my favorite episode. I, I thought that was I, I ain't gonna lie. I thought the last episode was brilliant. I ain't seen it yet. Don't what? spoil it for me. I have not watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, Atlanta is set to come back for season three. It is done, and it's going to be based around Paperboy going on tour. Yep, yep, because they, they ended no with release date, going on the flight to the, to the tour, to the show. Mm, okay. He had, had the, he had the pistol on him at the airport. <laughs> oh, God. Can't I don't wait. think I'd even watch that. I, 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 I got to finish that, too. Damn. It was something I got out of. I got out of it on Atlanta the last season for something. I think it was a bullshit the, the Drake Jackson party. Shit? No, that was actually, that was funny. Yeah, the, the Drake party episode was too long. I think I stopped watching it after the Drake party because I had no grasp of what was going on. It wasn't worth stopping the show, but that, no, that episode wasn't I didn't, It wasn't in protest. It was just like, oh, okay, damn, this wasn't funny, and I never checked it out again. Well, niggas hate Drake that much, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. Who you got for on deck of the week, man? Uh, we got two, man. Shout out to T.I. and Killer Mike. They yes, gave sir. out food uh, to 500 residents in the Grove Park neighborhood of Atlanta. Man, they also gave out several families, uh, gave several families $500 in cash and dropped off weeks worth of hygiene products and food. Triple salute to uh, T.I. and Killer Mike. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Put me on something for the week, man. Um, I'm gonna say. Oh, also, shout out to Killer Mike too. That Run of Jewels four. Uh, oh, that's comes being released. Fifth. Twenty four days. I'm not looking forward to it though. You countdown? Oh, uh, they dropped the countdown on the uh, website that they released today. You know, I'm not excited about that at all. You be hating on my Killer Mike though. Nah, Killer Jewels. Just... You don't like Run the Jewels, but you like Jesus, which is really weird. Yeah, because I, I get that, because without Yeezus, there is Kanye no longer Beats, but still. No, 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 no. This is better rapping than Beats. It's um, what Kanye's trying to do. No, nah, that shit ain't nothing. Put you on something. <laughs> I am going to switch it up. Uh, not a lot of hip-hop coming out right now. It's a little bit, but not a lot. I'm going to put you on some R&B shit. Uh, Kilani album is fucking fire. Uh, Cover, nice. It was good until it wasn't. This shit is banging. Shout out to Kilani. Um, I saw her on Breakfast Club. Watched a little bit of it. She talked about being in open relationships and shit. It was very interesting. She's a very interesting personality. Um, she just got out of a relationship with YG. 
uh, that's you've got to be interesting or fuck with a nigga with hard bottom shoes. Um, so it's a really fire R and B album though. Um, she's underrated as an R and B singer, man. She makes she puts out pretty good projects, but this shit is nuts. I think she's properly rated. A lot of people like her. Nah, not enough though. <laughs> I'm going to put you on, uh, man, during this quarantine, I want to shout out the creatives out there that have been doing their thing. One in particular, uh, Drewski Too Funny. Y'all familiar with Desi, the guy from Atlanta that, that, that does his skits. You know, how, how hood people be is usually the premise of his skits. This guy is from Atlanta, too, named Drewski Too Funny, D-R-U-S-K-I. The number two and funny. He's funny. I think he's he's funny. He's yeah. coming for the crown with Desi. He does a similar style comedy with the uh skits. Uh go check out his page, man. I'm really been enjoying it. That shit has been hilarious. Yeah. Uh so that's what my put on is Drewski Two Funny's IG and Twitter. Nah, he's funny. I ain't gonna lie. His shit funny. He ain't on Desi though. You got him fucked up, but it's funny. Now he ain't that yet, but he keep coming, he's gonna get done. That's it funny. He did the football in the high school football game. Well, man, that shit was funny as hell. <laughs> and then she started to get the equipment and the, and, the, and the props and shit now, too. He yeah. got out of here. That budget Shout up. out to those guys, man. I like seeing that. Uh, the grind and that. Real quick, though, before we, before we get out of here, I meant to mention, I meant to ask this about the Nelly and the Ludacris shit. Mm-hmm. Who had the better camp? DTE or St. Lunatics? Ooh, that's two batches of basura right there. <laughs> It might be a wash. <laughs> but not, not out here. Two Perfectly chains, correct. Two chains wasn't. He wasn't in that at all. Two chains was just a DTP for the check. He wasn't affiliated like I feel like everybody else was. But if we add two chains, it's a, it's still a wash because Murphy Lee. Even though I bought that Murphy Lee album and that Ali, still remember the name Heavy Starch. Oh my god. Album. And Ali was banging. Don't do Ali like it. <laughs> and Ali was banging. Oh. And that St. Lunatics was banging. So, yeah, we're talking about the music, though, because I bought that Heavy Starch. Mm. J-Hope loved that Heavy Starch album. That shit and I bought that Murphy Lee, and I banged that St. Lunatics for at least three, four months. That shit was fire. That St. Lunatics, have you remember that St. Lunatics album? I, no, the St. Lunatics was cool. That was cool. Okay. That was cool. Um, DTP had an album that was okay. Trash. No, it was okay. Charlotte, the best person out of DTP. She was hard. She, her album was some slaw, but she was hard, though. Her and, give me her and play a circle versus Ali and Murphy Lee. Like, nigga, stop. Yeah, <laughs> Kiwan fucked up, nigga. And I know all of the St. Lunatics. Kiwan, Ali, Murphy Lee, Nelly. Uh, what the fuck? Slow, City slow down. And slow down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that ain't nothing. That shit was. Oh my gosh, shit, nigga. That shit was trash. No way. Um, I am looking forward to the battle, man. Again, y'all let us know who y'all think is going to get the W. Um, tune in on that TV podcast, man. Definitely going live as soon as it's over with. We appreciate y'all yeah, for hanging in here with us during these quarantine times. Yeah, man. We'll be back to regularly scheduled programming as soon as possible. In the meantime, we really appreciate you bearing with us with the audio. Don't forget to go to the iTunes, rate, subscribe, like. That really helps us out as we strive to continue to grow this podcast and this brand. We definitely appreciate you guys listening. Check out the Patreon. Peace. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you.